Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Jersey Finance's Sustainable Finance podcast series. I'm David Postlethwaite, Sustainable Finance Lead at Jersey Finance. And over the coming episodes, I'll be talking to the experts about a range of topics that help us to better understand how Jersey can play its part in rewiring the global financial system to deliver a more sustainable future for all. Today, I want to explore what it means to really embed sustainability in the way investments are managed. And I'll be joined by Ewan Dangerfield, Client Director at Casanova Capital Management here in Jersey and one of our member firms. Casanova is the wealth management arm of Schroders, providing investment management services and wealth planning for a range of private clients, family offices and charities and so on. And as part of its global offering, which extends to Jersey, Casanova's put sustainability front and centre with the emphasis on making investments that have a positive impact beyond profit. So in this podcast, I wanted to explore how Casanova designed and deployed this strategy, the tools needed for success and the organisational journey it took to align its own model with the SG outcomes. So Ewan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. Good to be here. So I was struck by some recent research, which maybe you saw as well, which was published by UBS, I believe, which showed that COVID has really led to a dramatic reassessment by many wealthy investors of their life priorities with a greater desire to make a difference to society and the planet with their investments. And I think in that research, nine in 10 respondents had said that they wanted their investments to align with their values. Nearly two thirds are now more interested in sustainable investing as a result. So you and this seems to chime with your own firm's strategy, which centers on this idea of going beyond profit. So what do you mean when you talk about going beyond profit? We are active investors. When you invest in a, a company or with an asset management firm, you have to think about a, a lot of different things uh, when you're trying to work out whether that is a, a sensible investment to make. I think when we're talking about beyond profit, we're really just trying to focus in on the kind of things that, that we should take into account that aren't just uh, financial. And you know, this is something that any uh, sensible, active investment manager should be doing. It's just that we, we've we moved into another dimension where we feel we have to explain to clients in much greater detail, with much greater clarity and transparency, what exactly we are, are, are talking about. So every company is going to have an impact on uh, on society and the environment that's on on people and on the planet Th- these impacts will actually ultimately have a have a financial implication so as investors we need to we need to take that into account investors the end at uh, the end client want to know what the financial return is and they also want to know what the impact is on on people and planet um, so we have to find a way of, uh, of of articulating that. We also have to factor it into our investment process because these non-financial issues can end up having a financial impact on an investment and ultimately affect your investment return. I can give you an example. If you think about tobacco companies, when tobacco companies first um, started making uh, cigarettes, that was considered to be a very good uh, investment opportunity. Lots of people who enjoyed smoking, lots of people were going to buy cigarettes. Cigarettes were relatively cheap to make, and therefore cigarette companies were pretty profitable. What uh, 
investors hadn't anticipated because they didn't really know at the time and the consumers didn't know at the time was that tobacco products are actually really bad for you. Later on, uh, when it was revealed that cigarettes are bad for you, governments reacted and because of the healthcare costs that they were suffering, they put more tax burden onto cigarette companies. So that company became a lot less profitable. So that started out being a being something that was non-financial that then became financial. And if investors had spotted that early enough, they would have been able to react to that and make better investments on behalf of their clients. Thanks. So, so when you talk about this idea, I think we were discussing of, of impact-adjusted profits and, and the way that um, companies are increasingly being valued, is that about capturing those externalities and and trying to anticipate what might be coming down the line that's that's non-financial at the moment but may turn into a financial issue that will affect the value of that investment is is that what you mean yeah absolutely so it's it's taking the bigger bigger picture i mean the biggest issue we have facing us is climate change we've got cop 26 in Glasgow later on this year, it's quite likely that a price, uh, a dollar price will be attributed to tons of carbon emissions. That's going to have a financial impact on uh, on on companies. It's, we've been doing a lot of work around around this and the impact that that might have and how resilient companies that, that have carbon emissions are going to be to, to that kind of increased financial burden upon them. So yeah, exactly. It's it's about taking these things into account, and and I think a lot of the issues that are currently non-financial could quite easily become financial because the most effective way to promote change is by changing the the uh, uh, the finances. So we talked a little bit about client expectations, and how how do you actually deliver on that when it comes to showing clients? what their money is achieving through all of these different dimensions, not just profits, not just financial return. How do you demonstrate that? That's a, that's a brilliant question. And of course, it's, uh, it's, it's fundamental to making sure that uh, you can deliver to clients what they want. First of all, you have to have a conversation with your client about what it is you're trying to achieve, you know, what, is, what is the in- intention. And there are so many different moving parts to the world of uh, sustainable investing that we have to try and break it down into some key objectives. Now, I mentioned I mentioned climate change earlier. That's probably the, the, the biggest one. But there are many, many others that affect uh, affect uh, society. A good place to start is looking at uh, the United Nations social goals. I suppose, you know, in, in it, it, to, to be to be quite simplistic in our in our approach. To summarise what it is we're trying to achieve through sustainable investing, you would say that we are trying to we're trying to avoid harm. We're trying to benefit society and the planet, and we're trying to contribute to solutions to make the world a cleaner and fairer place. Once we've got that agreement and everyone is is happy that that is what actually, you know, those are the sorts of things that we're trying to achieve, then you've got to report back to your clients as to, you know, is how, are, how is their investment portfolio achieving those objectives? And um, so if we've developed uh, a number of um, tools in-house to help us measure the impact that we're having. So if you look at um, climate change, we're really looking at uh, the amount of CO2 that goes into the uh, into the atmosphere. So it's the amount of carbon that has been released. We can measure that and we use that tool to assess our investments, but we can also use it to report back on an investment portfolio and show the underlying investor 
the amount of carbon that is being produced by the companies that they're invested in and how does that compare to the index to to, to the market that's a fairly straightforward one i mean we go a little bit further in in the instead of just talking about tons of, of co2 or carbon emissions we can then translate that into things that people understand so for example a million pounds invested in a sustainable portfolio saves about 60 tons of carbon emissions well what what does that mean well that is the equivalent of taking 14 cars off the road so that's i mean that's that's how we uh, try and demonstrate to clients that we are achieving a portfolio that is going to help uh, reduce carbon emissions and global warming then if you're looking at um, some of the other benefits that we can achieve through a sustainable portfolio, this is um, sometimes a little bit harder to get our head around. But it, it's, um, if you think about my example with the tobacco company, it's about working out what the impact of that uh, company is, is. So tobacco company, that's a big negative. Negative outcome is, is, is obviously it's bad for people's health. That has a cost. Who picks up that cost? Well, initially, it's society, it's governments that have to pay for this uh, this sort of thing. Well, how much is that? Let's try and put a number on it. So we've developed a tool which we call SustainX, which helps us put a number on positive and negative outcomes from various different investments and, and, and companies. And then we can work out whether they are a net benefit or a net negative to uh, to society and we call that a, a social dividend and when it comes to reporting to our clients on their portfolios we can show them whether their that the social dividend of their portfolio um, is higher or lower than that of the market or the or the index so for a um, uh, for a sustainable portfolio naturally you expect it to be much more positive than uh, than the index. Thank you. That, that that's very comprehensive, and I was I was really intrigued by the idea of social dividend, and I I kind of um it it, it brings me back to this point that uh, many of your clients here in Jersey are trustees. Uh, does that create any particular challenges when it it comes to integrating those notions such as purpose or social dividend into financial um, decision making by by trustees and the and the types of considerations that they have to take into account yes it does and we've had a number of conversations with trustees and they have expressed a concern to us they are very interested in this way of in investing they their underlying clients are increasingly interested in sustainable investing and trustees are just trying to figure out how they continue to meet their fiduciary duties and are able to engage with investment managers in the way that their underlying clients want them to. So trustees have a, a core responsibility to act in the best interest of all their clients. So if uh, some of the beneficiaries are saying, look, we want to invest in a sustainable way, trustees have a concern that at some stage in the future, a sustainable investment portfolio may not deliver the same kind of uh, returns. They may be, they may be uh, worse returns than they could have got from a more traditional type portfolio. And that may put them in a difficult situation when underlying clients, beneficiaries, challenge the trustees that they haven't been uh, ensuring that uh, they preserve and, and, and enhance the value of the, uh, of, of the trust assets. I mean, we, we believe 
and uh, the the evidence so far in terms of uh, the financial performance of our sustainable portfolios demonstrates that you can achieve sustainable goals and financial returns together um, so that uh, we have not seen a negative impact from uh, from sustainable investing a negative sorry a negative financial return from sustainable investing and in fact you know that makes a lot of sense because you know investing in a sustainable way makes much better long-term sense than uh, uh, investing in an in an unsustainable way you know and and, when, and that's that's the the beauty of that word sustainable I mean it means that it means that uh, uh, we, we can we can keep going and not affect our ability to deliver for future generations. And an unsustainable investment just doesn't make sense. You know, it's that you're investing in something that's ultimately going to fail. So why would you want to do that? So it, it would seem that in you know, long-term sustainable investing will have a better financial outcome than ignoring those um, those kind of issues. So so back to back to trustees. I, I think really we have to ensure and it always felt this with um with the financial side of things anyway is that there's three parties involved there's the trustees there's the underlying beneficiaries and there's investment manager and we've all got to be on the same page we've all got to understand what it is that we want an investment portfolio to achieve and how the investment manager is going to go about achieving that and that should be documented and that includes all this, the sustainable objectives as well. It could all be recorded in, in an investment policy statement. And I think it possibly trustees have to maybe add to the to the trustee about sustainable objectives of the trust if they really want to make sure that they are uh, protected from any future class of beneficiary coming back and, and questioning why they went down a particular route. Sure, and and I think that 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 idea of alignment between fiduciary duties and, and and ESG investing is increasingly accepted at a global level as well. I mean, we've seen the UN sponsored report on um, fiduciary duty in the twenty first century, and that concludes that actually, you know, the failure to integrate ESG issues into decision making can itself be uh, a failure of duty, and and you know may increasingly be subject to legal challenges. As we know, the uh, poor decision making decision-making that doesn't integrate ESG issues can lead to mispricing of risk or poor asset allocation decisions. So obviously that that affects long-term value. So hopefully we will see that. Jersey's always been good at innovating and, and updating the trust regulation and trust law. So we are expecting that financial advisors will have a responsibility, will have a regulatory requirement to have these conversations with their underlying clients about the sustainable objectives of uh, of any investment solution and uh, it seems likely that it seems sensible anyway that um, the same sort of uh, thing should apply to um to the trust world and and if we th- if we think about uh, casanova as a, as a business what what steps do you take as an organization in terms of aligning your culture mission and values to those sustainable outcomes that you're trying to build into your client offering if we want to invest in sustainable and responsible businesses, we ourselves have to be that kind of business. We have to demonstrate the the criteria that we expect uh, the companies we're investing in to also demonstrate. So we're committed to being carbon neutral. That's uh, we did that from the beginning of uh, the beginning of last year, and we're a founder member of the uh, the, the Net Zero Asset Managers uh, Initiative. 
But um, there are, as, as we mentioned earlier, there, you know, there are many other issues that we need to um, that we need to consider. So it's not just uh, it's not just carbon. I mean, we we as a business, we took a majority stake in a company called uh, Blue Orchard, which is the world's biggest uh, impact investor. We've uh, collaborated with a firm called Big Society Capital, which is a, an impact uh, investment trust. Our pension scheme. Uh, the default position that uh, employees will go into if they don't make any any decisions otherwise is 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 to go into a, into a sustainability fund. And I think as a business, we need to consider all the issues that um, that, that, that that come along and they come to the fore so quickly uh, these days, you know um, unfairness in our world is highlighted and uh, is communicated around the world very quickly and we need to be aware of those types of uh, things like you know, like like black lives matter and we need to think about how we are running our business and make sure that we uh, are inclusive and fair and that we that we are transparent in the way that we are dealing with our our workforce uh, for example, and that all our policies are available for our investors and our clients and our employees uh, to read and digest. That's interesting because you, really what you're talking about there is is kind of using you, your influence as an organisation to, to change outcomes for your stakeholders, your wider stakeholders, so not so your, your, your employees, but also kind of a wider society, I guess. To what extent is there a responsibility, I suppose, for wealth managers to use that influence to support the transition to a more sustainable global financial model? And how do you go about that? We are a very large asset management firm. And you mentioned right at the beginning of this uh, podcast that, um, that Casino Capital is the, is the wealth management part of that. That's, that's, that's a relatively small part of our business in terms of the AUM. And the asset management part of our business is, is huge. So... We have a responsibility as one of the world's largest investors to to make sure that we do engage with the firms and the companies that we invest with, and and we have um, uh, you know we have a reason for, for for doing that, and that is that we will be able to deliver better investments to our client base if we engage with the companies that we invest in and ensure that they are doing the sorts of things that we. Um, expect them to do to make their or to make a better world, but also to um, uh, you know in in a better world there are lots of financial opportunities, lots of investment opportunities, and making sure that we achieve our um, sustainable objectives is going to deliver the financial returns that we need to give to our clients in the in the long term. So we've got a vested interest here in making sure that we um, that we help as far as we can the companies that we invest in. So. Last year, we had over 2,000 engagements with uh, with companies. Well, there were 2,000 meetings and uh, with about 1,500 companies. And we vote on the board. You know, but you can't just ignore the the votes. That we have that influence, and we voted six and a half thousand times. And uh, 307 of those votes were specifically social or environmental uh, issues. That's really interesting, and I, I think that's that's probably a, a helpful insight to leave us with us today um thinking about where, where we started on this you know in terms of making sure that we're aligning profit and purpose and as you know jersey finance have worked closely with with industry government and the regulator over the last year or more to 
develop this new sustainable finance strategy for Jersey to take us through to 2030. And that is underpinned by, uh, you know, a sense of purpose, which, which seems to chime well with what you've just described, where we're seeking to leverage Jersey's capital and expertise to support the transition towards an environmentally and socially sustainable future. And I think if we focus as an industry on delivering on that purpose, we will build you know, a more resilient and future-proof finance centre as well, which will continue to serve the needs of our international clients in line with some of the shifting expectations we've talked about. So Ewan, thanks for your time today. Uh, and thank you for our, uh, to our listeners for, for tuning in. Thanks, Ewan. Oh, that's a pleasure. And for any more information on uh, Jersey's credentials in relation to sustainable finance, do please visit our website at jerseyfinance.je. Thank you very much.